be able to see you and uh, trust God's blessing on you at this time. I want to be able to say thanks for your prayers and for the Friday night waves from the youth and for the cards that they sent me, which was very sweet. Uh, and I, I uh, taped them up to the wall of my room and look at them quite often. And uh, I want to thank Mike for his work technically that makes all of this possible and has allowed me to join you by Zoom. Uh, Jesus is uh, encouraging us in the passage that Mary read for us. And if you've got a Bible nearby, maybe just open it to Luke chapter 21. We're going to look there for a few moments and realize that Jesus is encouraging people to move beyond the idea of trusting um, in architecture and in stone and in the temple. And the passage moves on to be able to say how to interpret concerning things. And as Janice mentioned, I, I live in Eastern Europe, have done for the last six months. I listen to people who live in this very small country of two million people who are very thankful to be part of a larger fellowship of countries that are standing with them in this concerning time. But if we go to what Jesus is saying here, it's really significant to think about the temple. Um, what we know about the temple is that it was stunning. It was huge. The outer court could hold up to 400,000 people during festival times. And that building in and of itself was overwhelming. It, it makes sense because it was dedicated to God, a place of worship of God, a place where many people gathered and oriented themselves. Here's the problem. The reason why it presently looked so amazing was because Herod had ended up investing in it. Herod was a local ruler, but he was actually an awful man. I won't go into the history too much this morning, but just to say he was a terrible person that wanted to be king of the Jews, and part of his motivation for making the, the temple as amazing as it was was to draw attention to himself, not simply for it to be to the glory of God. So when Jesus talks about the leveling of the temple, saying that eventually it's not going to be standing here, one stone won't be on the other, he's sending a message both about Herod, a human being that tried to be able to draw attention to himself rather than the worship of God. And then secondly, I think he's telling people, your faith needs to move beyond trusting in a building and in architecture that helps you to be able to worship God. So he's also saying things are going to change. And there was a question that comes up regarding, well, how will we know and understand the changes that take place? And he pushes farther and says, actually, for God's people, things will get bad they'll get really bad and things will become hard. Leaders will do bad things and false teachers will try to be able to lead people astray. Talks about wars and insurrections, nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom, world conflicts taking place. As I read through this passage, I thought to myself, doesn't this sound a little bit like the world that we live in right now and we read about in the news and watch? It talks about famine. We live in a time where there is food insecurity in our world. And also, it talks about plagues 
And I look at the COVID that we've all had to be able to live through the last number of years. And Jesus is pointing to the fact that these things will take place. It will bring concerns within the hearts of people. And maybe you might even feel, yeah, the last couple of years and maybe even the last six months, I've had concerns on my heart quite often. I've had fears that have sometimes come into my life. And Jesus is saying, even when God's people go through really hard times and you don't know what you're going to do, you can't plan in advance. I am going to help you. I am going to be with you. I am going to give you the words and I'm going to help you to know what to do in that situation. And it's kind of interesting because towards the end of this passage, there's what we might see as a bit of a contrast in that he said, he will care for us continually, but some of the followers of Christ may even die. That's kind of hard to be able to hear and read this morning, but ultimately he's telling us that in life and even in death, God will care for us. And that's what we need to read and hold on to this morning. The interesting thing about this passage is by the time that Luke's story was told in this form, the temple actually had been in smoldering ruin. So Luke is capturing something that Jesus has said 30 years earlier, and what Jesus predicted has taken place by the time that Luke writes it down, and the readers are actually reading what Luke has written. In the process of this happening, people are encouraged to be able to say, we're going to trust God no matter what. It would have been hard for God's people to see the temple brought into ruin. But the encouragement that Jesus brings, that Luke echoes in the gospel, is don't put your faith in building. Don't put your faith in architecture. Trust in me above everything else. Know that I will take care of you. I will guide you. I will help you. And as we think to ourselves about some of the Christian friends that maybe we've been in church with over the years, or maybe we're in currently. Some of them are coming to a stage later in their life where we start to think about heaven. And we sometimes wonder, what is it going to be like in that transition where God eventually takes us home? And some of us struggle sometimes when our worlds have been a bit shattered, our hopes have been trampled on, we feel discouraged. We've had relational conflicts and disappointments in people. And in the process of all of this, we see that we are reminded in the scriptures that the resurrection of Jesus encourages God's people to look forward with hopefulness and trust and be able to rest in the goodness and love of God who has promised to care for us. If we look back to this passage, I think it's really important for us to realize it's not simply just an encouragement to heroic endurance. It's not simply just saying, trust in God and hold on until your knuckles are white. It's actually something more than that. It's encouraging us to actually look forward with hope for the fact that the resurrection of Jesus is not only about him conquering death, not only about him trusting uh, for us to trust in him 
so that at the end of our lives, we know that through his resurrection power, we will be raised again and we will experience eternal life. But actually, it takes us beyond that. It helps us to think about what takes place in our world and what happens when we see things that are concerning us, the signs of the times, you might say. And if we think about those passages in the Bible that are alluded to here and we see in the book of Revelation and in some other places, those are talking about future events. And the Bible does talk about future events, which may be concerning, what actually can be very hard for Christian people. It may be difficult for us to live through that time. But here is a brief idea to keep in mind when we read through those passages that talk about end times or about the future. We need to remember that Christ died for our sins, and we can be saved through the power of the resurrection. That's a very fundamental thing for followers of Christ to hold firmly on to. But the story of his resurrection and the implications for our world doesn't simply end there. Even after his death and resurrection, we live in a world that continues to be broken. And we still have sin and problems that we experience and see in our world. But because of the resurrection, we can have hope that the world will not always remain broken, that God actually has a restoration plan. And I know that some people were tempted to look at the scripture and be able to line it up with world events and try to be able to understand them in that light. I favor the approach of being able to weigh heavy on trusting in God and in his power and in the fact that because of his resurrection, he will ultimately one day make all things right. And we live in the in-between time where we have stress and problems and difficulties. Some of them are alluded to in this passage. But my friends, we need to make sure that we don't be overcome by them. That we're not wrapped up by fear when we read the news. That we're not overwhelmed but rather we're undergirded by the glorious work of Christ that is the focus of the Christian life and experience. It's also important for us to live with trust in God, no matter what. And whatever happens in our personal lives that we find problematic or difficult, <laughs> I've been away from you for a while, so I haven't had a chance to chat with you in person and find out how things are going. I look forward to doing that in December and January. But for whatever is going on right now, it's really important for us to be able to trust in God. It's important for those of us that right now serve, that are far away, to keep our focus straight and to be able to know that those of us that are followers of Jesus, we have a hope in him and in his care for our life and also in his control of the world and world events. In Romans chapter 5, beginning at the last half of verse 2, it says, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. And then the verses that follow say, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. So if we live with faith in God and in our resurrected Jesus Christ, who has a plan for our world, a plan for our lives, who's going to care for us, whether things are really hard 
or whether we're flowing along, living with thankfulness in God's love and in care for our lives, we need to be able to wake up each and every morning, express our trust in God, declare the fact that we know he is faithful to us, and he will equip us for every good work that he calls us to do. So I want you to be encouraged and let us know that however we live and wherever we are, whatever stage we are in life right now, that we serve one who has overcome and will ultimately have victory over opposition and evil that may press up against our lives and may affect our world and cause us concern. So my friends continue to be able to push on and push forward with faith in Jesus, knowing that he will care for us and he will help us. And when we do that, we can know that ultimately we as his followers will overcome whatever things that we face. It's been so good to be with you this morning, to hear uh, the worship team sing and lead us in song. And my heart has been encouraged and blessed by both their practice and also by the way in which they led you this morning. And I do look forward to being back with you now and what won't be very long and trust God's blessing on you. I'll continue to pray for you and with you in the days that are ahead and ask that God will go along with you each stage and each step of the way. God bless you. Good to see you today. Take care.